Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. It's, uh, it's lovely to be together and uh, we just thought it would be really nice to do this. We're going to do our Seek First Nights on the first night of the month anyway. It sort of makes more sense, doesn't it? We were doing Seek First on the last night of the month, sort of didn't make much sense. So, uh, so we've now changed that to so the first Sunday of every month will be our Seek First Night. And of course, we built this on our advanced series and the verse that we built that around, of course, most of you will know. Uh, Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and then everything else will be added on. And I love that little word seek. There's something about it. If you're a parent and you know, you probably play at hide and seek with your kids. You know the way you do that and you hide in a way that your kids sort of can find you. <laughs> you know the way you hide with your feet sticking out or something. So you're, you're and I, I often get that sense with God that it's not that God's hiding from us. But there, if you look up the word seek in the dictionary, you'll find that there's a, an effort and a desire to search for something. And so when we're seeking for God, there needs to be an effort and a search. It's not just something that happens easily. And um, so this is why we wanted to create space and nights like this, just to come and worship God, because that's what it's all about. It's just about seeking first the kingdom of God. And then the verse says this, when you seek first the kingdom of God and his right ways, his righteousness, then all other things, everything else, like that's pretty cool, isn't it? Everything else begins to fall into place. You know the way we juggle all these balls as it were and we try to juggle life and put everything into order and then if there's a little bit left, we sort of fit God in and if the day is too busy, God doesn't get anything at all. That's not what that verse means. <laughs> that verse means putting him, the the predominant place in your life making him the first and that's why we started this morning if you haven't heard this morning's um, service we it'll be online both Lurgan and Portadown and we're looking at the whole idea of life rhythms and um, over the next four weeks we're going to create space for you to develop a life rhythm rather than us actually just tell you what we think you should do we're going to create space in our services over the next four months or four weeks to allow you to develop some life rhythms that are suitable to your life. So with all that said, let's get into worship tonight. You'll have got one of these this morning. If not, there are more hard copies or you can go on to our website. There, it's, right, it's the full page of the website when you open it up and you can download your own copy. It's the um, Bible plan for the year and I give four options this morning of how to do that you can do all of the Bible which is about 3.2 chapters um, 3.2 3.3 chapters a day all right it's hard work if you miss a couple of days there's a bit of catching up option two was you can do the Old Testament without Psalms and Proverbs which is 929 chapters option number three is you can do just the New Testament which is only 260 chapters and you can do that on a weekday basis, Monday to Friday, one chapter. But the option that I suggested that we do here was the one that I think is doable for everybody. And that if you read one chapter um, every day, if you do New Testament um, on the Monday to Friday and Psalms and Proverbs on the Saturday and Sunday right through the year, 
you'll have, just by one chapter a day, you'll have done all of the New Testament, you'll have done all the Psalms, you've done all the Proverbs. And then next year, you can do those two years to read all the Bible. Instead of maybe thinking, I talk to so many people who say, well, Phyllis started and I tried and I got to March or I got to Leviticus, one of the two, and um, it just seemed to, to fail after that. So, um, but that option four is really doable. One chapter a day. And um, I think when you read one chapter a day and work on it, allow it to speak to you, allow it to wrestle with you as you wrestle with it, allow yourself to study it a little bit, then the knowledge of the Bible begins to grow. So those are available in hard copy or online. Okay, let's, uh, let's get our hearts focused. Psalm 29 says, ascribe unto the Lord. Give. That word ascribe just means give to the Lord. And the psalmist is talking to the heavenly beings. He says, ascribe unto the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe, give to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Imagine all of those things that you could give to God tonight. We've just stepped out of a season where you've been wondering what to put under the Christmas tree. What about tonight if we started to think, what can we put around the throne? Now that we've sorted the Christmas tree out and give our gifts to one another, what gifts could we actually give to God tonight? What gifts could we give to God tonight that God would say, that's a pretty good gift. That's a pretty good gift. Well, here's some. Holiness, glory, strength, worship, splendor, holiness. Beautiful, isn't it? The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. And the voice of the Lord is full of majesty. I love this chapter. Listen to this verse. It says that, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. <laughs> you ever think about these verses? The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth, strips the forest burr, and in all his temple they cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. Father, I pray tonight that as we worship, that you would minister your strength to us tonight that you would come as we ascribe unto you the glory that's due to your name. We just want to say thank you for what you're doing. Tonight what we want to do, folks, is just simply worship the Lord. Al's going to come after a couple of songs and lead us in communion. Sure, and lead us in communion. I'll come back and close us maybe after another song or two. But we said we would keep the night to an hour because I know there's loads of kids here and we'll, we'll, we'll do that. So we'll honor that. So Father, just come and fill this space tonight come by your Holy Spirit come O oh God and minister into every heart and every life and every situation and every hard place and every hard place and every um, difficult place that there's been maybe even over the Christmas period hard memories that have been hard to deal with that maybe have maybe just even knocked you off uh, kilter a little bit and tonight this first Sunday night of 2022 wouldn't it be beautiful just to realign yourself just say God I'm back in track thank you that 2021's gone 
and the slate's clean, oh God, and I'm coming to give you the best me that I can give you. So Father, come and help us worship you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together. Let's stand and worship. Thanks, Sarah. Jesus. 
Why don't we just continue in this place for another moment or two? Just uh, let's gather around the throne of Jesus tonight. That's what we're doing. Just wherever you are, just why don't you offer up your own prayer of thanks to Jesus? in this attitude of worship, but if you want to just um, gently take your seats for a moment, please do that. I'm going to ask us to stay in this worship. Just, uh, I'd love you not to break state too much. This is all a flow of worship, um, but um, keep worshiping even though you're sitting down. Um, I want to read to you just make a few comments and then we're going to take communion together. I want to read you a well-known passage of scripture from Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5. I'm going to read quite a bit of scripture, but it is actually probably, it's one of the just most stunning pieces of the Bible, but probably you could say literature ever written. And it, <clears throat> the thing about it is, I don't know where you are and your understanding of the Bible and stuff, but often we read Revelation and we we think and we see it as only uh, a, a, a foretelling of the end. And it's like a book about the future. And in, in many ways it is. It is that. But sometimes we often think of heaven just as the place you go in the future. Like the sort of post-mortem destination for souls when they die. And there's a degree of truth in that, obviously. But the way... Jesus talked about heaven. He said that the kingdom of heaven is amongst us. It was more than just like a kind of time in the future. It was a present reality that had already began to enter into this world. And so when we read Revelation, it's not just about finding out what happens in the end. It's about looking at now through a whole different perspective. Does that make sense? It's, it's about looking and understanding how the world is really, really working despite what everything else around us tells us. And so John gets his vision on an island where the Spirit starts to speak to him. And the Spirit takes him up into like a vision. And the words are going to be on the screen. And I'd really encourage you, I'm going to read quite a bit of this, this passage. And so I just want you to try and stick with it, okay? Um, and just try and imagine this. Just, just trying to imagine, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to come now as we read your precious, beautiful, inspired word. And Lord, would you bring it 
to us afresh tonight. If we could just see you, God, we know that everything will be different. Everything will be changed. And so, God, I just pray that you would breathe on your own words today. It tells us this in Revelation 4. After this, I looked, and therefore before me was a door standing open in heaven. And a voice I had heard first, sorry, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones. And seated in them were 24 elders, and they were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumbling and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. And in the center around the throne were four living creatures. They were covered with eyes in the front and the back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had the face like a man. And the fourth was like a flying eagle. This is a picture of all of creation, the whole cosmos. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders would fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and they say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. It's an amazing picture, isn't it? Imagine you were there. But it doesn't finish there. This incredible picture of someone, a figure, stunning beauty beyond what we can imagine, thunders and lightnings, rainbows, beautiful kind of picture of God on the throne. And then it doesn't stop because it tells us then that he saw in the right hand of him who was on the throne, chapter 5, verse 1, a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth could open the scroll or even look inside it. God's sovereign purposes for the world in this scroll, the way the world was supposed to work in this scroll. And there's this beautiful picture that John has taken up with and he sees, but then... It's like almost like a tragedy in the midst of the magnificence because there's a scroll in the one who sits in the throne who holds all things together. And yet it feels like a travesty because no one can be found to open this scroll. What is in this scroll? And John says, I wept much because there was no one found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. They couldn't find anyone in earth or in heaven that could take this scroll. There was a problem. There was a problem with the created order. There's a problem in the world today. We don't have the solutions. There's problems in our own lives. We don't have the solutions. And sometimes it feels like it's not going to get fixed because it doesn't feel like we're worthy enough and no one else is worthy enough to open the scroll. 
And so John weeps and he weeps. It feels like it's the end. But then one of the elders said to me, verse 5, Do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has triumphed. He is able. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Who is this one that was able to? It tells us in the next verse, Then I saw a lamb. Not, not a white horse at this particular point. Not somebody kind of riding into town like, you know, some cowboy who's, you know, conquered everyone. No, this, this, the right at the center of the throne, the one that's worthy to open the scroll is a lamb who looks like it's been slain, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went. <laughs> Picture this. Picture that little lamb going up into the throne. Just picture it. A lamb that had been slain. Just picture that little lamb. Just like torn to pieces. Bloodied. You knew what had been slain. You, you knew what it had been through. And it walks up to the one who sat on the throne. And it takes the scroll. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures... And the 24 elders, they fell down before the Lamb. And each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy. You are worthy to take the scroll, because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands times ten thousand. That's millions, I think. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who slept. To receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea. And in all that is in them saying to him who sits in the throne and unto the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. We're living in a world at the moment that just is scared. It doesn't have the solutions that it needs to fix itself. We've been saying that for a number of months. And John had a picture of this 2,000 years ago on an island. And God showed him that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, something had been initiated in the world where everything was going to be made new because there was only one way that the scroll could be opened. There was only one person and that person was Jesus, the lamb who was slain for the sins of the world and we could do nothing better tonight than what we're doing right now. We could do nothing better for the world than what we're doing now because you see what Revelation is saying, it 
is saying is God's people, the bride, in their prayers and in their worship and in their intercessions, they are being caught up in this new creation project that is breaking into the world. That one day, if you read the rest of Revelation, we'll hear will be completely made new heaven and earth. But until that day, we continue to lift our praises. We continue to lift our hearts and worship to Jesus because they form this bowl of incense that goes up before the throne and join with the angels and the 24 elders and the living creatures and all together, all of creation, the whole cosmos, all of us being broken, all of us start to sing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Do you alone deserve praise and glory and honor and power? Because you've purchased people from every tribe and tongue and nation and made them kings and priests unto God. And so tonight we're going to remember Jesus. We're going to remember the Lamb slain. We haven't always been able to do that as much over the last number of years, couple of years with COVID. But um, if you've got um, communion, you love Jesus and want to serve him and or you need him in your life tonight, just let's um, begin our best to rip these things apart. We get to the, the wafer on top first. If you've got it, maybe if you haven't taken it already, hold it for a wee minute. Let's take this bread as a sign and a, a remembrance of the body of Jesus broken for us body of Christ broken for you and me. Let's take an eight and remember Jesus. And when you're ready, just take from this cup Let's remember that as we take this cup that Jesus purchased us, the lamb that was slain, let's take the cup, the new covenant of the blood that was shed for you and for me, the blood of Jesus. Do this in remembrance of Jesus. again in a moment. Before we do that, I want to tell you one story. Um, if you were in um, our church in Portadown on Christmas Day, um, you've, you've heard this, so um, forgive me for repeating it if you heard this, but just really quickly, um, I don't know if any of you have seen it. I would encourage you to watch it if you get a chance over, um, well, Christmas is over, but anyway, over the next number of weeks, there's a program, I think it's on National Geographic, and it's called The Rescue. And it's a documentary, kind of short film about the boys in 2018, the little boys from Thailand that were caught in a cave. You know, if you remember that story, it was kind of world news. And they got caught after a game of football. They went with their coach because it was one of their birthdays, kind of cave smuggling. And a monsoon came and they got caught really far in the cave system, like lots of kilometers in. And... Um, it's a fascinating story because the Thai government, the Thai Navy SEALs, the Thai Army, the American Army, all of these people kind of descend to try and find these kids. You can't find them for days. 
there are going to give up. But what happens is they find a couple of cave smugglers, a couple of guys who um, do this as a hobby at the weekend. They're just normal men who um, have had IT jobs and different kind of jobs. And, and they, they, they decide to fly two of them out and they, they can't find them either. And this rolls on to the point where they're going to give up. And then hope comes because a line continues to go further and further into the caves, but it's coming like the monsoon season, so they think that they're not going to be able to get to these boys. And after six days or so, they find they find them. I don't know if you remember, but that kind of went all around the news that these boys have been found. And this sounded like brilliant. We're going to be able to save them. But when these guys came back from the cave, they realized that that was actually the easy part, finding them. Getting them out was going to be the real hard part. And they didn't know how they were going to do it. And uh, it's a fascinating story. I'm not spoiling it too much. Well, I kind of am, but um, it's it's true. It's true. You can read it in Google. But so basically, what happened was um, some of the other kind of cave smugglers, people that are into that kind of thing, um, around the world. One of them was a consultant in Australia, and they texted him and said, "The only way that we can get these boys out of is if we sedate them." And the, the, the guy who was a doctor but also a cave smoker said, that is ridiculous. I could talk to you for about an hour about how these boys could die if we do that. You know, they could, you know, they could swallow their own saliva and suffocate, all of this kind of stuff. It's just, it's, just, it's just a silly idea. And they deliberate over this for a couple of days. And then eventually there comes this particular moment in the, in, in the, in the unfolding of events where they realize the, kid, the boys are going to die unless they do something. And they're kind of caught in this... They're caught in this dilemma, basically. If, if we leave them, they're going to die. And if we try this, they could well die. But could we get one of them home? If we got one of them home and shows you pictures of the, the mothers all standing, weeping at the entrance of the cave, wondering what this all happened. And um, the story goes on. They basically uh, decided that they would do that. And they, they went in underneath, found the boys again, sedated them with the kind of same drug that you're putting a general anesthetic by putting it into their legs. The boys were completely out, these young boys, and they swam every one of them back safely. It's an unbelievable story. But at this particular point, when they were deliberating whether they could do this, whether they could sedate them, never been done before. They didn't know what to do because it was a matter of life and death. And then one of the guys in the documentary said, you can't, you can't really do this because there's, there's no other way. And he said, but what if this is the only way? What if this is the only way? And I, I, I was really moved by just the whole thing. It's a really story of beautiful humanity at work. But that line really caught me, particularly at Christmas and all that we've remembered and just reading these passages tonight. I don't know how it worked in heaven before God decided to create the world. But he couldn't create us as robots. He created us with a free will and with a desire to choose. Because love is a choice. Anything that's forced or coerced isn't perfect love, and God is perfect love. And so he made us in his image with the ability to love, but the ability to say no to that love. And uh, when and when God created mankind, somewhere beforehand, we don't know how this worked, there was a conversation of some description between the Trinity. going to make them in our image, they're going to be able to choose to love, but they may well reject us and if we do there's only going to be one way there's only going to be one way and Jesus to 
decided in eternity past that he would come. And in eternity future, as we read about tonight, and right now in heaven, the lamb that was slain was the only way that humanity would be rescued. We were going to die anyway. The Bible says that if you're here tonight and you're in your sins, you're actually dead inside already. And you just feel like there is somebody here tonight, maybe more than one, and for the first time in your life, you need to say, Jesus, I'm recognizing that you are the only way. You are the only way for my life to make meaning and sense and purpose. And I realize tonight the gravity of the situation I'm in, that without you, I'm lost. And I need you, Jesus, to come and rescue me. And just like those cave divers who put their life at risk, Jesus did that and gave up his life for you so that you could come home so that you could be saved and you could be rescued. And, and so tonight, I just want to take a moment, actually, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, I just feel like I want to lead you in a prayer before we worship all together again. If you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, well, just in these moments, would you just say a prayer, something like this? Lord Jesus, I know I'm lost without you. Lord Jesus, I know that you are the only way that my life can make meaning and find my ultimate purpose. I recognize I'm lost and a sinner and that you have rescued me through your cross and through your resurrection. So in these moments, I ask you to come into my life, be my Lord, be my Savior, my best friend bring me to your table bring me home to your home to your house to the party that's going on right now in heaven in Jesus name Amen if you prayed that prayer we'd really love to pray with you afterwards we'd really love to meet and chat and talk but I love us all tonight as we reflect on the only way that the scroll could be open. I'd love us to stand. Could we stand wherever we are tonight? And um, we've got another 10 or 15 minutes here just before we finish. Just wherever you are tonight, wherever you are tonight, let me, let me just read these words again. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000 and then circled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. And in a loud voice they said, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Can we all say that together, wherever we are now? Just let's begin to say that. Maybe you want to sing that. Just wherever you are, let's begin to sing. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. 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 Lord Jesus, tonight in this place, we just want to exalt you. We want to join with those around the throne right now. We thank you, Lord, that the prayers of the saints go up before you like incense, Lord. And so as we worship you tonight, Lord, would you receive the worth, the worth that you're due, the glory and honor and praise and blessing that you're due. We want to worship you and exalt you in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Thanks, sir.
just been beautiful tonight just to worship the Lord. And I wondered just in that last song, you know, I was thinking of that passage in Philippians 3 where Paul talks about, he says, I haven't already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has already made me his own. <laughs> I love that. And I wondered when we sang that last song, I'm running into his arms, I'm running to his arms. The imagery of this verse is that if you could think of yourself walking away and God behind you, holding you, because he's already claimed you as his own. Think of that moment when you would turn round into his arms. Think of that moment. This is what this verse means. He said, I'm, 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 I'm making him my own because he has already made me his own. And so it's just a, it's a matter of turning round and running into the arms of the one who loves you. And he says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it, um, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What about that for a goal for 2022? 2021's gone. Not much you can do about it now. It's gone. What about forgetting those things that are behind and straining, straining forward? Not just, I've mentioned this morning, that's, what about in 2022, not just letting life happen and start making life happen? What about not just letting it happen and letting ourselves being pushed and shoved about, but actually beginning to make stuff happen in the spirit of the realm, pressing on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. We said we'd do it in an hour. We want to honor our word for those of you who have kids out. So um, um, as you can imagine, that last song, we could go on and on all night, but it's just lovely to be together. Thank you all so much. I'm moved that about many people are in the room tonight, but just as beautiful, the hunger for God, just to seek first, seek first. And we finish like we started, seeking first, making an effort, striving with a desire to find God in all his fullness and finding his call for your life in 2022. May this be the year that you walk into the fullness of Christ. May this be the year that you cut off those things that have held you back, those things that have diluted you and diluted your relationship with him. May they be eliminated. May the dilution be eliminated this year in the name of Jesus. And may the strength of your passion and power press you to strive forward to the goal of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So God, I pray that over each person in this room tonight. Father, thank you to have been able to come together tonight and just give thanks to you for Jesus, your son, to have communion together, to worship together, to exalt and honor the name of Jesus. There is no greater thing to do. And so God, we just say we love you, we exalt you, and we know that we only love you because you first loved us. But thank you tonight that we're chosen in Christ before the very foundation of the world that we might be holy and blameless before him in love. May this be a holy and blameless year, we pray. May that be our calling in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you so much for coming out. The Lord bless you. Um, be encouraged and um, a happy new year to you all. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.